No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Word Bros. I think this may be what four in a row, four or five. We're, we're four, doing good. We're doing yeah, because right, we man. had our COVID episode. We had Jason McNamara. We had <clears throat> what's that other one? Who did we do in between Joe? Who we're doing today and Mario Candelaria. Mario Candelaria and now Joe. So that's a lot of lot of that's a lot of Word Bros. And we're word, putting we're putting Word Bros in your ears. We're sorry about that. Yeah, we apologize, but but I mean you're still listening. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. So yeah. So today is a very exciting episode. We have a, a visitor from all the way across the pond, as the kids like to say, from jolly old England. We're going to talk to Joe Glass, who has a book currently on Kickstarter called Glitter Vipers. It's a wonderful concept. It's a really great idea. You should back this book now. Uh, do it, do it, do it. Joe is a, a wonderful fella, and you're going to find all that out. Right. And we now. love this. We love this. We do. It's so good. my vibe i mean <laughs> there are things that you know will have the sun will come up in the morning it will go down it in the evening and kevin cuff will be late for stuff at least two minutes at least at yes. least at least yes. at least so today we are talking to joe glass now joe your name came up we were talking to jason mcnamara a couple weeks ago and your uh, name and your name came up because we were talking about books that are on kickstarter that are just so wonderful and we didn't understand how a publisher couldn't pick them up or why a publisher wouldn't pick <laughs> them up and your book that you're currently running i don't even i don't know if the, if it's still running on kickstarter because i'm not sure when yeah, this is gonna uh, be like 10 days left okay okay so, yeah. but glitter uh, vipers is one of those books that how the hell does a publisher not want this book this so they thing, pass on that yes yeah. this That's thing my bad i didn't pitch it to anyone oh um, okay <laughs> It was one of those things where I was just like, I'm, I'm basically, I'm still very new to the pitching and publishers side of thing. Um, Cause I've just self published everything um, mm. up until now. Um, and, and up until Pride season two. And I didn't know if that was something which like Comixology would want. And I didn't know if it was something anywhere else would want. Cause it's a self-contained short original graphic novel. Like it's only going to be 60 pages long. So I was a bit like, I don't know if anyone will go for this, but I kind of want to tell this story. Um, so I was just like, I'll oh, just Kickstarter it. So that's where I did. I just went to the, um, and did that. Um, it's had loads of support and it's been great so far. So it looks that, amazing. That's kind of why it's not picked up by a publisher. But it's my bad. I did not pitch it to anyone. But, now, uh, now let me ask you this. Have you, have you had anybody 
kind of sniff around the project now that it's been launched and funded because that's kind of something that does happen on Kickstarter. Like public, like smaller indies will see a book have a lot of momentum and then go, well, maybe we can put this out. Not as yet, I'll be honest. That's uh, bullshit. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm with you. I'm inclined to agree. I mean, like, I would, <laughs> I would love to get this book out um, to more people in a bigger way and, like, have someone help out and everything. But, um, yeah, um, at the moment, it looks like it's just going to be uh, self-published. I'll probably only be... We're looking at the moment of doing, like, a thousand copy print run. That's cool. Um, so, like, I'll have plenty, and there'll be, there's been a few stores who backed it. Like, I created a uh, store tier for people to get, like, multiple copies at a, at a reasonable unit cost um, so that they can get it for their store and potentially help spread the work around a bit more to people who maybe don't check out Kickstarter, etc. Um, and, like, that's been taken up by a few people. Um, so, like, hopefully, like, it'll spread and everything, but certainly, like, in terms of publishers who could have possibly got us into, like, loaf as I am to think of it, Diamond or something like that, um, mm -hmm. nothing, not a sniff. So, so far. I mean, like, I've got 10 days left. Who knows? Yeah. Well, tell us, uh, t tell the listening audience and Kevin and I what this book is about glitter vipers it's such a wonderful concept like i'm so in love with this whole we idea. love this premise yes. i do i love it tell, tell everybody so what this book is about like one of those things where like pe people hear the name and they just immediately sold from the name um, <laughs> and i'm just like oh i'm glad i got one right i guess um so basically uh glitter vipers is <clears throat> all about this drag queen named by felicia um and her lgbtq friends um, who are actually all members of a um, survivor support group for people who've like gone through like hate crimes and um, and survived violence, etc. Um, and they kind of get this point in their discussion where they're just like, you know what, I'm angry and I'm allowed to be angry and they want to do something about it more than just be like, let's just talk about our feelings or let's talk about our community and what we can do to improve laws or whatever like that. All those things are important, but there's also like, it's anger and they decide screw it and we're gonna let's make a street gang That's and awesome. they become like this street gang to protect the manchester gay village here in the uk um and call themselves the glitter vipers and the idea is that they're just like marching around the gay village every every night uh with sequin covered baseball bats and stuff like that and just being like hell no you will not be a homophobia you will not um enact violence against our community um, we will bring that violence to you first if you try and just sort of like have that sort of reaction to it kind of that sort of revenge fantasy grindhouse glitter noir element to it all it's um, death, it's, it's death wish for drag queens yeah yeah and it's, kind it's, of, awesome. just, it's perfect it like it's be, perfect it's so <laughs> it good was like i didn't want it to be it's serious topics like you know talking about you know um violence to communities and systemic issues and things like that but also um i didn't want to treat it too seriously i wanted it to be kind of fun and kind of cathartic in a way but at the same time i don't want to make fun of anything yes so right. i want to tell this fun way of telling this kind of story um but not make fun of it because like I say it is a very important topic and it's i think that is something which when we're talking about things like um the problems we see today um, particularly systemic faults and systemic problems um, affecting minority identities, we very rarely discuss uh, the aspect of anger. Um, 
and we always when it does come up we almost want to treat it like they shouldn't be angry but that's a bad thing to be and it's just like no they have every right to be angry so it's kind of looking at that anger and like how it's almost been taken away from mm-hmm. minority identities like they, they've almost been taught that you don't have the right to be angry because then you're lowering yourself etc um when it's just like when these things happen to you you have absolutely every right to be angry um so yeah it's kind of exploring those things but just also trying to be fun about it so yeah let, i'll have a drag queen leave the group with a jaunty name like by felicia and, so, yeah. <laughs> so i was gonna say like, that, so that's good. awesome it's so <laughs> good like you it's don't understand how wonderful this this concept is and it's not like one of those things where it's like oh man i wish i would have thought of that because i couldn't have as no. like as like a straight cis white male i could not have come up with this this book and, and giving it the real voice and kind of, kind of, uh, I guess, experience that it would need. But when you see something and you're just like, God, this is so wonderful. And it's just, I think the only reason why we really wanted to have you on was just so we could gush at you about how awesome your idea is because it's, <laughs> it's perfect. Like it's such a good book. And I understand, and I understand what you're saying about the anger because you see it now with like the black lives matter movement where, you know, your asshole friends on Facebook who you went to high school with will go, well, why do they have to destroy the auto parts store? It's because yeah. they're fucking pissed off. And they've been and, pissed. And yeah, and they've been pissed off for 400 years, deservedly so. And they'll, yeah. and they'll say something like Blue Lives Matter, which, yeah. which makes you, oh, which makes you yeah. pissed off because you get like, because you're like, you're like in the know and like some people aren't. And then you're like, why are you saying that? Like that, you know, and, and they're like, I don't understand why, why me saying that like means something. Like it means something because like it's like all houses matter oh well let's yeah. talk about yeah. the house that's on fire yeah that's the exactly. one that should matter yeah. right oh, now what about my house yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's kind of it's weird because the book is very timely and you can and everyone could obviously argue like when a book is getting released at that sort of tiny situation where um the content speaks very much to something which is happening right now kind of thing um that sounds like a positive but it isn't something we aim for like i would not did not want anything like everything which is going on right now to have to happen like for the, to see the things which um led to that black lives matter um protests like that that was horrifying and like but to be honest it, we actually delayed the project um the initial plan was to launch it in Pride Month and be like, oh, this is a comic project for Pride Month, you know, which you can uh, back and support. And then obviously everything started and those awful um, things like the George Floyd murder sort of became um, world news. And it was just one of those things where, like, we can't launch now, not in a sense of like, oh, we'll, we'll not get attention, but like, it's not the right time. This is not something we should look like we're taking advantage of mm-hmm. um and also like there are more important things which need to be talked about and sort of raised up right now so like my kickstarter can wait kind of thing so in the end that's why like we we released um for basically like the last week of pride month so we could still technically say launch for pride month yeah um but then in talking about it and in launching it it was then sort of realizing and seeing obviously the black lives matter protests um which became a global phenomenon at that point it was like you know what this book does actually kind of speak to that like not in the sense that the book is about black lives matter or anything like that but it's about that thing of being a minority identity and that justified anger that righteous anger which 
you can get when the system has been built to work against you exactly so long. Right. um and it's kind of it kind of does touch on that i mean like we touch on that we touch a bit on like uh police culpability um in these kind of things as well so it's kind of touching on a few things without being explicitly about them um because as much as you say like you're coming from a white cisgender straight um point of view i'm still a white cisgender male um by myself so i can't talk from black lives matter kind true of view true anything, you know um but i would say that it's sort of come out or rather it's kickstarting at a time where i think there is that sort of cross-section um of relatability um to what is going on in our world right now um which was not expected um not entirely desired because like obviously no one wants these awful things to be happening um but at the same time my, I think maybe worked in our favor a little bit in the sense of people were very much talking about these problems, um, which is awesome. And people should have been talking about them for a long time. Um, and this is just another element uh, which sort of ties into it. Um, and yet at the same time, like I say, trying to tell it in a fun, entertaining way, which isn't all grim and dour and, oh my God, what was me kind of thing. Um, but also trying to handle it all sensitively. So like the book's going to come with content warnings on the front because obviously it is going to deal with triggering um situations and topics so uh, we're going to sort of try and be as aware and sensitive to that kind of stuff as possible that's awesome right now uh, let, let me ask you this question uh how was the launching of a kickstarter in the middle of a global pandemic how did you handle that one because you've really kind of picked a time for this oh yeah <laughs> or or <laughs> Or Apocalypse really? 2020, as we yeah. know. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, it's so um, like the the thing with it, as well as like our plan being launched in Pride Month, the initial plan was to launch in March. Um, <laughs> and then the pandemic started and lockdowns began. And we were like, oh, God. And I was like, I am not launching a Kickstarter right now. I do not know how that will happen. <laughs> um, and then it's, I started seeing more and more people and some friends of mine launching Kickstarter projects. And they were doing not just all right, but actually pretty great. So yeah. it was a bit like, oh, okay, maybe it's going to be safe to do it. So we sort of went to our private month plan and that sort of going the way it did. But it was still a case of all the way leading up to it, no matter how many pages we got ready, no matter how much uh, we got that logo to look sparkly and awesome. It stuff. looks great. It does. It looks great. <laughs> like that is all uh, Spire Eaton who did an absolutely tremendous job. Um, but yeah, as well as all those things, um, getting ready for it, it was still a case of like until we launched and started seeing the support i was freaking out like i think <laughs> of launching a kickstarter right now in the middle of all this i was just like i don't know how this is gonna go you just feel like a shit heel right like you feel yeah. like dude people like, are people are worried about their jobs and how they're gonna make rent and here i am hey man you know uh, back my kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like, and it was just one of those things where i was just kind of very nervous and very and I think anyone who's launching Kickstarter right now probably feels so, particularly seen as this one is launching, it was launching with a fairly high goal compared to other comic projects which were launching at the time. Mm -hmm. So like, like I saw a few, I think like the highest one I'd seen before I launched was like 2,500 pounds mm -hmm. and I was wanting to launch for 8,000. So I was a bit like, I don't know how we're going to do, but I was like, I can't keep on putting this off. Like Katie's been drawing up a storm. Like I can't keep on putting it off and being like, we need to raise money so I can pay you. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So like, mm -hmm. Yeah, so we just got to that stage and I launched it and then to see 
the outpouring of support for the goal and to see like um I this is my seventh Kickstarter project now wow. and to wow. have the um Kickstarter projects we love thing within the space of about an hour. Um or just under two hours I think. And it was just like that's the fastest I've ever had that um sort of notification added on to my project. Um so I was just like, whoa, what the heck is going on here? That's wonderful. Which is weird so about that that title too with the projects we love because um mm because we've done we've done a couple and like they had them and we did one and it didn't have it and we were like well why doesn't this one have it and these ones have yeah. it is it the idea like what what prompts you to get that on kickstarter and then you said you did seven other ones so how many of your seven got the projects we love just so people understand the the dimensions I, of that i think of the seven seven i technically is it seven launch yeah i think seven launched in total one was unsuccessful and that was because of the, I, for me, I think it was it was because of the time that I launched. Yeah. I launched in in December. Oh um, yeah, yeah, December's tough. December's tough. Yeah, December's exactly. tough. Um, so like we launched the same um item then like the following year and it, it funded no problem. So and I think that got a project we love as well. So I think like the one which um failed, hey, I'm not sure if that got it. And I think there was a time I did um the Pride Adventures five, so like a single issue. I'm not sure if that got it either. But like pretty much everything else got a project we love um sticker on it from kickstarter um but like usually it would be like two weeks into the project or right. something like that like right. this was like within two hours i was just like what the hell like, <laughs> so um yeah it was it was crazy to see it getting that kind of support that quick you know that, and that's awesome. a relief. and i do like how you're kind of humble bragging about that like yeah you know it was two hours i mean <laughs> It's, it's, here's the thing i'm british i'm not very big at just being like yeah i'm freaking awesome like you I should book out. Dude, <laughs> joe with this idea and this concept it's so it's just so perfect it's we were so talking perfect. about it we were talking yes. about it after we finished talking to jason mcnamara because a lot of times we'll stay on to do the outro and the intro of the of the pod and mm. we, were, we were like looking over your kickstarter and gushing about how yeah how great it was um and like like bob said we're two cisgender guys who are like dude this is amazing like we like how come nobody thought of doing this sort of thing before and how come like it's taken this long for people to be like this is amazing because it just sounds like great and bob was saying all kinds of gushing wonderful things about it he's like he's like just a description of glittery baseball bats yeah <laughs> it's, it's awesome it's, it's like perfect dope, man you know? like did you just keep kind of like just kind of seeing how far you could push the boundary with it um it kind of was like it was like as i kept on going like and was trying to think of the idea of this like street gang idea but trying not to be like too dour or grim and serious about things it was just like well how what can i do to make this cathartic story also be something which is just like it's just fun you know yeah. mm -hmm. um so like one of the first things i think was like having it thinking in my head like oh yeah she'd have a baseball bat but it's going to be like covered in sequins um and just be like really glittery and shiny and she's smacking some bigot in the face and it's just like a, you'll get like some nosebleed and sequins flying off in the distance that's just going to look fabulous you know um <laughs> and we just kept on adding elements so it's like when Katie sent her first um, passes at, at um, by Felicia's outfit, um, like I just said to her, like, "Oh, what about adding fringe to the jacket? Because when you draw her like swinging, you're gonna have the fringe movement as well, and that's just gonna look really good." And it was, and she was just like, "Oh God, yeah." Um, and yeah, we started adding the 
the idea that they wear like the face masks, um, but they have like the serpent fangs on them um, awesome. for the vipers element. And I was like, oh, what if um, by Felicia's has lipstick around it? Um, so like almost like she's in drag in her face mask kind of thing. Um, and we just added like little things like that because we're just like, oh, these little sort of touches to just be a little fun and be this more um, uh, branded, not a branded identity, but like this kind of this idea that they're out there being like as visually pop. Mm -hmm. No, of course. I mean, well, you, I think, you know, everyone has a picture in their head of what a drag queen is. If you've seen RuPaul's Drag Race, if you've gone to like a drag brunch, you know what a drag queen consists of. So like the idea of a gang, like it's got to be over the top. It's got to be super, it's got to be like Las Vegas, basically. And like, yeah, you know, and that's just wonderful. Like the whole idea of it's just wonderful. Now, what I want to kind of ask about is you're doing all this in 60 pages, you said, correct? Mm -hmm. Is yeah. there like a, because they're, they're, beating up like homophobes and this that and the other thing but is there like a like king homophobe that they're like specifically going for like is there like a main antagonist or is this just kind of random like just rando i guess homophobes in in it's manchester one of those things where it's like to go into it too much might be getting too deep into spoiler territory for okay 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 mm -hmm. they do kind of stumble across um this conspiracy Cool. Um, All right. Perfect. Because, like, basically, what I was like looking at, like, I think I've discussed uh, in other things before, was like how the idea came from seeing news stories about various sort of like homophobic attacks and things like that, um, and how like since things like Brexit and since certain people like you know conservatives get into power, <laughs> like we get an increase in yes. homophobic attacks. Yes. And then I was just like, well, what if there was someone behind that? What if there was like this reason for the increase beyond? you have a Tory government who make homophobes feel like they can come out of the shadows. What if it was actually someone like pulling strings a little bit? So we kind of have a character who is hinted at very early on, um, who might have some connection okay. um, mm -hmm. to the things which happened to um, the gang before they formed the gang. So, that makes, it, that makes yeah. it even better because yes. most exploitation films, whether it's black exploitation or whatever, has mm -hmm. the man behind yes. the scenes pulling the string. So the fact that you're even kind of referencing that kind of just deep, digs deeper into that grindhouse vibe of it. Also, it feels, exactly. it feels very culturally relevant because like in, in here in the US, we had eight years of Obama where everything like, I felt like everything was pretty awesome. I was like, oh, we're getting places as a country. And then you get Trump and then you go, what the fuck just happened to my country? Like I thought yeah. everything was getting better. And then you go, no, secretly it was all worse and you just never knew. <laughs> and I was like, that was awful. Like, you know, it's awful. Like to, to come to that realization after you think things are actually getting better. Um, oh, that's just, real. And it was, for me, that was kind of important why I had to have the events which take place happen in and around the Manchester uh, gay village in the UK. I, I, like, I don't know how familiar you guys are with it, but like um, in Manchester in the UK, there's Canal Street, which is like this incredibly, um, it's like a gay ghetto almost in that like it's loads of gay venues all together on one street. Um, and it'll be like in the middle of the night, you'll have drag queens coming up, walking up and down the street, like sort of getting people to come into their night on their, their, their various pubs kind of thing. So it was kind of important to me that this centered around that area to have this idea of like, even our places we're meant to be safe aren't feeling that safe anymore. Um, and I think that, again, it's, as you say, like something which anyone can relate to, whether they're queer or not, 
like even a straight audience should be able to relate to that idea because like they'll have had this one view of like oh yeah we, we're going this one way and it's looking great and it's going to be fantastic and then on a dime it just changes and you're like oh wow but it was actually i was never safe <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> there was actually this problem bubbling under the surface which i, I didn't see so that's um wonderful. i kind of think it kind of will make it a little relevant to everyone a little bit that way that's great man like you have almost 500 backers on kickstarter i'm not sure when this is going to re- like when we are going to release the episode because we have a couple in the can already so yeah. i don't know we're going to try to squeeze it in to get towards the end of your kickstarter but we've you've got almost 500 backers you've made mm-hmm. over 11 g's like this has got to be just like such a, a wonderfully validating feeling for you right that like oh, so yeah. many people believe in this idea that is very fringe i mean you know yeah, uh, oh, totally. like yeah. and it's the same with like when um, I first launched for Pride on Kickstarter and things. So obviously, um, the Pride of that point, I've been self-publishing for about five, six years. And then I did a Kickstarter to do the hardcover collection of it all. And that that is still currently my most backed Kickstarter because um, it had like 620 backers. Wow, that's awesome. Um, oh, yeah. And it was, it was like 25 grand, I think, we finished on at the wow. end. But that was also like, yeah, at high goal. We were looking for 20 grand kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it was. it's been great to see that places like kickstarter are really great places for fringe and um sort of niche sort of topics outside of the box stuff yeah yeah exactly like it feels like there's a lot more um queer audiences looking to things like kickstarter rather than the comic store per se because they haven't really been very well catered by the comic store for four years or whatever so it's just like oh yeah we'll go to kickstarter because there's actually heaps of lgbtq and you're not even sure not disparaging any of the comic shops but you oh, know, not all, yeah. you don't know what you're walking into a lot of the times if you're just walking into a comic shop for the first time you don't know if you're walking into a store that's not going to really believe in these ideas that you're Mm -hmm. talking about the guys that are still mad that thor was a a lady for a little while you know what i'm saying like you don't know where you are and what you're doing so this is kind of the perfect venue for that but i mean then tell tell us about pride because that was the first thing that you got kind of put on the map for tell the audience what that's all about uh, yeah, so Pride, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is a comic book series all about a team of all LGBTQ superheroes. Um, basically just came from the fact that superheroes is my favorite genre. Um, it's what I love most. Like, for all the times uh, you, you'll get independent creators like me, like in my peers who are being but like, eh, superheroes, eh, Marvel DC. I'm just like, no, I'm fully like Marvel DC. <laughs> I want to, like, that is like the dream kind of thing. And But I, it was always my thing, but like, I never saw myself in there and then like never saw my community in there like you would get um your metaphors and your analogs and things like that i mean like x-men is was my book was the one i absolutely loved and grew up on but even then it was like it's not explicitly about people like me it's not uh, it's very much like oh it's about you but we can't say it it's un- undercurrent, the yeah. undercurrent exactly yeah. and it just kind of felt a bit like there's there's so only so far you can go with that like because when you make it sort of um, subtext there's, and, and not text, there's always that element of like, oh, it's about me, but we can't talk about it. And then you start feeling a bit like, well, why can't we talk about it? What, yeah. what is it about me yeah. that we can't talk about kind of thing? So the pride came about from just wanting to do superhero stories because I love them so much. I'm just being like, I also kind of want to see myself and see my friends and stuff like that in the heroes and the characters. And I did it and I kind of thought like, no one's going to like it. It's going to be just for me. Kind of thing. <laughs> 
from there and it just got such a great audience and support um from like like say i started off i was pretty much just self-publishing and doing like the local comic book scene uh here in the uk doing comic cons and like it, the number of people who'd be coming back to the table or being repeatedly coming back every new con uh looking for new issues it just built from there um obviously like say after about five six years i had by that point six issues of the pride out oh wow um, three issues of the pride adventures um and we did a collection for a hardcover which would collect all all nine comics which were released at that time and then um a new comics worth of new adventures so wow shows. dude that's crazy oh, oh yeah which we then released like later as a single issue for the people who like to buy single issues rather than collections yes so, yeah it was, like it was collected before it was released kind of thing but mm-hmm. but yeah so in the end there's like 10 comics within this great big hardcover um, and that was my first Kickstarter. And like I say, it was supported hugely, um, built the audience up. Um, and the audience was already pretty big at that point because I'd been on Comixology Submit at that time because I where, like, where you upload yourself kind of thing. Yes. Um, and Comixology was super supportive. Even back then, when I was just an indie creator uploading my own stuff kind of thing, um, they would have, like, if they found out I was at New York Comic Con as well, they'd be like, oh, hey, do you want to do this panel with us? And I'd be like, why are you asking me? <laughs> um, so I'd be on this panel with someone like Jimmy Pamiotti, and I'm just like, why am I here? Um, Dude, that's awesome, though. That's awesome, though. Yeah, it yeah. was, so it was, like, nice to have that kind of support, and it just meant that when Comicsology Originals rolled around, uh, rolled around, I was just a bit like, how do I do one of those? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and at that point, I, I knew I wanted to do more Pride, but it was getting beyond the scope of what I could handle by myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, I needed support from a publisher kind of thing. Um, and I just pitched that idea to Compsology and just being like, well, how about you guys help me make a new season of the Pride? Um, and from there, like, that's how that happens. And now Pride's got two seasons. There's the spin-off Pride Adventures season as well. There's hopefully going to be some more uh, Pride in the future. Um, so yeah, things have been really going off really great for that particular series. That's awesome. So my question is, since you since you said you're into the super, what are your favorite DC and Marvel superheroes that, that um, led to these creations? Like, like that, because because <laughs> what ends up happening when you're an independent creator is you go, man, I'd love to write. Let's say, it's Booster like Batman, Gold, for example. It's so like you, Batman, like, but gay. <laughs> yeah, but like, like then you do that, like what Bobby's talking about. So, so like, what, what were your two favorites? So. So when I read this Pride Adventures, I can go, oh, I can see his influence here is. Like for me, I, I mean, I think I've already touched on it, like uh, X-Men for Marvel is very much my big thing. Like I was, it was like, I spent so long where I was like just reading X-Men books, you know, like all of them pretty much. Uh, <laughs> like I never read an Avengers book. Like I wouldn't like, I'd be like, oh, that's a whole other part of the universe. I don't need that part. I just want the X-Men part kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for years, that was my Marvel thing. I'm, I'm ride or die X-Men all the way. Um, and then DC, DC was weird. Like I was being as well, the big X-Men head, I was very much a Marvel head for years. Like I didn't read DC books until I was into my late teens. So I, like, I'm Ben, it was like mainly Vertigo. So like I was reading things like Sandman and stuff. Okay. But in terms of like DC superheroes, um, that I really love, um, I'd probably say my favorite is Wonder Woman, which sounds like such a cliche answer for a gay man to give, but it kind of is like i just love that when she's done right she's not a typical superhero she's right. like doesn't go in fists bare and just crashing through and blowing things up she's much more about finding the compassion in the situation which 
you know, to some people who like like the big explosions and everything can sound really boring, but it's just like, no, that's fascinating. That's what a superhero really should be to me, kind of thing. So um, yeah, I just kind of like this mix between X-Men and Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman is because she's that figure of something to be hopeful and to strive towards. And for X-Men, it's kind of got that whole soap opera aspect, which oh, I yeah. think I like to tie into in the pride a little bit. Um, and when someone actually wants, um, <laughs> I asked them for a blurb. Oh, what was it? James Asmus. I asked him if you provide blurb for um, a pride release at some point. And he was just like, oh, yeah, if you like Chris Claremont X-Men, then you're going to love this. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow, Jesus. <laughs> that's that's high praise right there. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I've definitely got the soap opera elements. Um, <laughs> I was about to say I don't have the BDSM elements much. But then again, Bay wears a leather harness. So, like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's cool. So, like, if I want to check out the Pride stuff, I can get it on Comixology. It's available there. Yeah. And um, the Glitter Vipers, it's on Kickstarter. You are just, I mean, I couldn't be happier for you. This book is such a, a wonderful idea. Um, so congratulations on your success. And I hope uh, there's more of this. Do you plan on doing more Glitter Vipers? Like, is this going to be like your 60 page kind of single contained or do you have more stories to tell in this universe? It's definitely single contained for now. Okay. Um, I'm not really thought about coming back to it um, or, or taking the story further. Like I very much wanted to have something where people could get it and that's all they necessarily need, you know? So it's very self-contained for now. Um, I'm not above, given particularly how much support it's had, um, possibly revisiting the world someday. Like if I think I can come up with something else which really can be said with those, those characters in that world again, then yeah, absolutely will come back. Particularly if Kate awesome. wants to come back and, every, and, and Ted and everyone wants to come back and join in and sort of um, help me make it all together again. But yeah, maybe. But for so, now, everything's self-contained. Okay. So one thing I, I don't think that the general public understands that, that we mm -hmm. talk about a lot is um, with Kickstarter, you said you were going for like an 8,000 pound goal. Um, mm -hmm. So is, is that your, is that the cost of your comic? Because like people, I think the general public, what they don't get is when they see a large goal on a Kickstarter, they instantly go, oh, this person's trying to make uh, like loot off of their comic, which isn't mm -hmm. hardly ever the case. Uh, yeah, is, is I'm, usually, not, I'm not making a uh, penny off that. Right. <laughs> so I mean, when we get that eight thousand pound, that's going in my bank account and immediately leaving, distributing so, like, <laughs> to your to your to your fellow co-creators and collaborators. Exactly. Like I may right. I may sit on it for a day just to be like, oh my bank account looks so nice, right? Now. <laughs> you're, the, you're strictly the middleman. You're the middleman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like for me, I, like I will be printing off enough copies that I can then take them to Comic Cons. Um, so like for me, like that's how I'll try and make some personal money for mm -hmm. myself is from sales on my Comic Con table. No, okay. Uh, I feel you. We're website. we're very much in the same we're, boat. We're in the oh, same yeah. boat. Yeah, that's yeah. the reason why I bring it up is because people say things all the time like they don't realize. Oh yeah, that yeah. So, like I get it all the time. Like people go like yeah. it happens. Like I book a day job as well and be like, oh, you must be rolling it. You're gonna have a really good night out on that. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like that money is gonna straight to an artist, colorist, letter, like everyone. You have printers, no yeah, yeah, to print the book, yeah. They, and that's exactly. why that's that's the thing that I that I try and bring to people's attention is like, yeah, that looks like a lot, but when you think about everybody that has to get paid on a project, mm -hmm. um, and and as a writer yourself, you're not paying yourself, then yeah. it, it's not really as much as you think it is. <laughs> and likewise, now with the like, say we've hit target and we've still got like ten days or whatever to go at this time of speaking kind of thing, but. Um, if where we end like if we end like if i bizarrely ended on double that amount 
I'm not going to be like, all right, but I'm going to keep the every grand now. It's going to be like, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be giving everyone a raise. Like, I'll be like, I'll pay them the, double their pay rate or something. Just Or so you I better can... start coming up with a second idea for this yeah, story. Well. Yeah. Or like, I'll keep the little nest maybe for the second idea. Wow. It's not mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, I'm going to buy myself a new computer or something like that. It's... Or, or I was supposed to say I go to Disney World, but right now, definitely not invite. Definitely not going to Disney World. I'm sure there's cheap flights, my friend. You probably couldn't get. They probably wouldn't let you. Well, no, because the EU has. But you guys aren't really in the EU anymore. So many. So we're many like we're, we're allowed to go to France. We're okay. allowed to go to France. That's so I could nice. Go to Disneyland Paris, but like. I, mm. That's still a thing. That's I didn't even know that was still open. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, we're that's because like we're dirty Americans, Bobby. We're nobody not wants to us. I know nobody wants us anymore. <laughs> we're <It's> awful. <laughs> well, we've but you know what we've earned. We've earned that. Uh, we've earned that, it. Right, yes. yes. Well, dude, congratulations on your success. Again, it's such a wonderful idea. Check out the Pride stuff on Comixology. Uh, search Glitter Vipers on Kickstarter. And, and again, congratulations. And where can we find you on social media and such things? Yeah, uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, at Joseph Glass, because um, someone beat me to Joe Glass. <sighs> um, I know, right? And then, um, what was it? So Twitter, I'm Joseph Glass. Instagram, I'm at Joe Glass, all one word. And I've also got a website, which is www.joeglasscomics.co.uk. All right. Well, congratulations on your success, my friend. In case Thank Bobby so didn't much. ask you yet, before you leave, what's your favorite? Oh, yeah. What's your favorite football team in, in the Premier League? <laughs> um, not to not to be like that uh, guy, but like I'm a stereotypical gay man. I do not watch football. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, oh, sorry, soccer. Um, no, no, no. I, it's it's football. I watch football. I don't watch soccer. <laughs> I watch football. I'm a football guy. That, that's the that's the joke here. And we're, we're, and Bobby loves Man City, so so we're we're. I don't watch football either. So, so you know, I don't watch back, any sports. Uh, back and, when I uh, wasn't out of the closet, I was probably a Manchester United fan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he likes Man City, that's why. So, well, no, that's, that's totally fine and understandable. I only, I probably only like Man United because there's a few cute boys on there. There was, yeah, yeah. They, they had all the cute boys back in the day. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. That's Congratulations awesome. on your Thank success, you. Joe. Thank you so much. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for coming and talking to us, Joe. It's amazing. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for inviting me. was the amazing Joe Glass and he was talking to you about his Kickstarter right now, Glitter Vipers. He was amazing. Good dude. Good dude. Good good idea. I just he was he was a lot of fun to talk to too. Yeah. So like it was it was a great it was one of the one of our more fun pods to record. So like he was just very enthusiastic about his projects and very, very fun to talk to you about how projects come to be. So like you get to learn something and be entertained at the same time. And how could you not be enthusiastic about a book that's about a gang of drag queens that beat up homophobes in jolly old England. Like that I mean, sounds wonderful. Like it's just, like two Wong Fu yeah. um, and, and meets Death Wish. So that's, that's amazing. Everything about that statement just puts a smile on my face. Like, well, it's just, I mean, did you perfect. like Tu Wong Fu? I loved it. I you know what? I never, movie. I never saw Tu Wong Fu. It's a great movie. Oh, maybe man. if it's on, if it's streaming it's, somewhere, maybe I'll check. It's it out. your man's in them. Patrick Swayze is one I, of the drag queens. I know. I, I know, know you love Patrick it's, Swayze. It's Swayze, um, Snipes, and John Leguizamo. Leguizamo. One yeah. of these things does not belong.
Uh, probably John Leguizamo. Yes, that's the answer. That's the correct answer that I was looking for. Thank you so much for listening. I think we're going to have Jamie Jones on soon. He's he's uh, running a Kickstarter for his Jamboree Pink Lemonade Baboon thing. And Jamie's always just fun to talk to. He's one of my favorite people in comics. So we'll talk to Jamie soon. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back uh, next week next with week. more Word Bros. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com. <laughs>